0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Some say motion pictures, the ones you see in theaters or streaming on your TV or smartphone, are simply a reflection of society. Others say that society, like lemmings, tend to follow whatever the media jams down our throats, thus shaping society. But one thing is for certain. There is a synergy between society and our make-believe heroes on the glowing screens. Here to explain is Dr. Tim Jennings. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, what's up with our movie heroes these days?
1: Well, there is a larger reality behind the scenes between mm. God and Satan, between good and evil, mm-hmm. that the human species has an awareness of. Even without all the precise details of the Bible, there is a, a consciousness, if you will, an awareness of right and wrong, of good and evil. And that storyline is coming through in various media, books and movies, mm-hmm. particularly with dying and rising, resurrecting saviors or heroes. The story of Jesus Christ our Savior is coming through in these various media outlets. Over and over again, the story keeps coming through, yet it often gets turned in the media where the dying, rising Savior does not actually use the methods of God and represent the character (laughs) of Christ, but ultimately uses Satan's methods, and thus Satan is deceiving the world to accept a dying, rising Savior, Jesus, who looks like Satan in character and will use the methods of coercion, force, and power to kill his enemies. And we can talk about that if we go through some examples in in the cinema about how the world is being shaped to look for the Messiah to come and do those very things. But let's give some examples from from the cinema of this dying, rising Savior. Star Trek, three, the search for Spock. Mm-hmm. And I want to show the, the similarities and how the great controversy theme comes through. Spock was a half-human, yeah. half non-human from the heavens. He was from a, another planet, Vulcan. And in this particular movie, he sacrifices himself for the brotherly love for Captain Kirk and the rest of his crew. And as Spock makes his sacrifice to save others, he recites the Vulcan proverb, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. And then he is resurrected in the next movie. He dies at the end of one, resurrected in the next and goes on and helps uh, Captain Kirk and the others hunt down the evil forces in, yeah. in the universe. Yeah. The next movie is The Matrix. Neo is our hero. And uh, in this particular movie, humanity is at war with the loveless, sentient machines that have created a virtual world in which almost all humans are plugged into, and they can't see the real world behind The Matrix. And you think, in the Bible terminology, darkness covers the people, gross darkness to the people. There is a cosmic reality that we are blinded to. This is what's being depicted in The Matrix. Our hero, Neo, wakes up from the virtual world to see the real world behind the scenes. And when one of his friends is taken captive and and being tortured, Neo re-enters the virtual world to save him. And in his battle with evil forces, he dies, but the love of his girlfriend, interestingly named Trinity, Hmm. reaches him. His heart starts again. He arises and now has powers capable of destroying the enemy agents. Next movie, Lord of the Rings, Gandalf. Gandalf is initially known as Gandalf the Grey, a wizard who was considered one of the least of the wizards, yet in many of the Middle-earth countries, he is known by many names, and you think about how in the Bible Jesus is known by many names. In the movie, Gandalf dies in his battle with evil and rises from the dead to become Gandalf the White, also known as the White Rider, who becomes the leader of the wizards and leads the forces of good in their battle against evil, and you think of the rider on the white horse in Revelation. Now, this one might throw you, Charles. You ready? I'm ready. Godzilla, king of the monsters. <laughs> And uh, and our hero, of course, is Godzilla. Now, you might think that a monster movie would not have a dying rising savior theme, but you would be wrong. And in this particular movie, the environmentalist agenda is being advanced as human beings are an infection to Earth and are destroying the climate with our industry. And the titans, of which Godzilla is one, are in deep hibernation sleep in the Earth's core, waiting for the balances of nature to get out of balance. And then these titans arise to destroy the human infection and their industry in order to reset the Earth's climate and save the planet mm-hmm. but it just so happens that there is a three-headed dragon oh, boy. that is not from our planet it fell from the heavens and this dragon monster does not want to save the earth but to destroy the earth Godzilla fights the dragon and dies but then through the self-sacrifice of others receives a life-giving radiation transfer that resurrects him and he goes on to destroy the dragon and save the planet Wow. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Optimus Prime. In this movie, just as in reality, both the Savior and the enemy are not from Earth but are from the heavens – The Transformers are life forms from a faraway planet that has been destroyed by war between the good and evil forces. The two factions have now brought their war to Earth. The good Transformers are known as Autobots and, appropriately enough, the bad Transformers are known as Decepticons. (laughs) Our Autobot hero Optimus Prime dies and rises again to defeat the Decepticons. And then the last movie we're going to talk about is probably the most famous and most successful of all of the movies – Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a franchise worth over 25 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. 7 books, 8 movies, our hero Harry in the very opening story, first book loses his loving self-sacrificing parents who die in order to protect him from being killed as an infant. He is raised by earthly, self-centered relatives. Uh, eventually, he goes to Hogwarts School for the Magically Gifted and makes close friends. And throughout all the books and the movies, he is confronted with a variety of challenges and evils to which Harry consistently demonstrates integrity, loyalty, willingness to sacrifice himself for his friends, put himself in harm's way. And in the final book, Harry discovers that he has been infected with a piece of evil. And the only way to destroy the source of evil is Harry must die to save his friends. And so so Harry dies. And for a brief period, it appears that evil wins, but Harry rises from the dead and destroys evil, saving the day.
0: Whew. You know, I'm a writer, and uh, when, when you talk about all these stories— those writers that did all that stuff they had quite the imagination and my question to you is did they have an agenda did they were they aware of what they were doing and the perspective they were putting on the story of Christ and his death and resurrection were they aware of that
1: I don't really know uh, their personal insights into what they were trying to achieve my point here is that the dying rising savior theme I think I've made the case just with these and there's more there's many yeah, more yeah. but I think I've made the case the dying rising savior theme resonates yes. with the Human psyche. Yes, yes. And it makes billions of dollars in, 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 the, in the entertainment and media industry. This theme resonates and it comes around, around, and around. And I'm going to suggest it resonates because it is a reflection, a shadowy, dark reference to the reality of which we're all caught up in. Mm. Throughout ancient history, Satan has always worked to misrepresent Christ and to present false messiahs. Mm -hmm. I think these dying rising movie saviors are false representations because they always end up using Satan's methods to kill the enemy. In ancient times, Baal— that we read about in the Bible was the son of El, as in El-Ohim or El Shaddai, and was the God of creation and weather, the Almighty, the Lord of the earth, who brought rain and thunder and fertilized the earth. He fought against the great serpent Leviathan. He fought against the God of death known as Mot. And in Baal's battle with Mot, Baal dies and rises again to bring life to the earth. This was Baal worship. But Baal required appeasement. If you didn't appease him with sacrifices, he would hurt you, torture you, or punish you. And thus, even though you have so many elements that represent the true savior, the core characteristics and practices are Satan's methods. I won't go into some of the other ones from pagan mythology, but they have the same features happening. And uh, if we bring this to modern times— Right now, the world, those who are religious in the world, many of them are looking for a savior to come Mm -hmm. to use power, the rod of iron, the, the strength of the sword to destroy one's enemies. Many in Islam, they're looking for the Mahdi, the 12th imam to come, who they say will punish and kill the enemies of Allah and will destroy evil. And many in Islam believe Jesus who died and rose again, is the Mahdi that is going to come. And many Christians actually see the same thing. They think Jesus is coming with a rod of iron to punish the nations using the power of force and might simply to coerce and punish. This is paganism. This is not the God that Jesus revealed.
0: Well. Going forward here, Dr. Jennings, if we are completely inundated with this in the media and on television and radio and, and in books and, and, and movies, how do we deal with it? How do we protect ourselves from this type of distortion that's happening around us?
1: You know, the Bible says that in the end of time, the deception will be so subtle and so so powerful it would deceive, if it were possible, the very elect. Yeah. And this is how this is happening because everybody's being conditioned that this is what righteousness looks like. Yeah. Righteousness in the human world, the rule of law, the way human governance operate, it's righteous to kill and punish evil people. Yeah. And you have to use power of might to do it. That's what people think is righteous. But that is not righteous because the root of this is people have accepted a lie that God's laws are no different functionally than human laws. We have to come back to worship God as creator creator, the builder of space, time, energy, matter, life. His laws are the laws upon which reality are built. And when you understand that, then you understand that deviating from any of God's laws injures, destroys, damages those who break those laws. If you jump off the Empire State Building, God doesn't send an angel to break your leg. If you jump in an ocean with 50-pound weights on your feet, God doesn't send an angel to drown you. The destruction comes from being out of harmony with how God built life to operate. And thus, God is the Savior, Restorer, healer to put us back in harmony, writing his law on our hearts and minds, not the source of afflicted pain and suffering. That is Satan's view of God, that he is the source of pain and suffering rather than the source of life.
0: And we are believing just like Adam and Eve. We are really no different than Adam and Eve. We're believing the lies, wouldn't you say?
1: And lies, believe, break the circle of love and trust. If you were in a loving marriage and somebody told you a lie that your spouse is cheating, and even though your spouse is still loyal, if you believe the lie, Mm -hmm. your love and trust is broken, your heart is broken, you have fear and selfishness, you're now wanting to protect yourself from this spouse you believe is cheating on you. This is what Satan's power is. He is the father of lies, and as he tells us lies that we believe about God, then we become afraid of God and we create theology. that are designed to protect us from God.
0: Does the Bible make this clear for us, Dr. Jennings, or do we need to listen to people such as yourself who can help us see this? Can't we learn it on our own?
1: If you read the Bible without going to it with a preconceived idea that you already think that God's law functions like human law, and sadly, most of the translations, most of the translations that are done in modern languages have been done by people who accepted the lie that came out of the Dark Ages, came out of Constantine's conversion, that God's law works like human law. So most of the translations have written into them inadvertently and innocently, a lot of legal language that makes it sound that way, because that's how the uh, translators were viewing the law question when they did the translation.
0: You know, Dr. Jennings, I wish there was a a Bible, maybe even a paraphrase that would be available to us, that we can find the real God, the real beauty—oh, wait! Is there one like that? Yes, it's
1: the Remedy New Testament, and it's available as a free app for any of your devices. Just go to the app store and type in the Remedy New Testament, and or you can go to our website and you can access it there, or if you want a print version, print versions are available for sale on Amazon, but the the digital version is available at no cost. The Remedy New Testament, which took me 13 years to paraphrase through the lens of God as creator and his law's design law.
0: And what I like most about when I read through the, uh, the Remedy New Testament is that it makes sense, it is right, it is healthy, and is reasonable. <laughs> As we said in a previous program, those are all in place. This is not a translation of the Bible. This is a clarification of the Bible based on the thought processes that God would have us use. Comeandreason.com, go there and find The Remedy new testament look that up and enjoy it then you might get a copy for yourself or someone you love or you can enjoy it as an app all the information of how to do that is at comeandreason.com also other resources that dr jennings has made available it is eye-opening and it is heart melting i will have to say when we learn the truth about god not what the world is saying about him but what god is saying about him that's all at comeandreason.com dr jennings always a pleasure to have you with us thank you so much Always enjoyable, Charles. Thank you. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together.